Zeros. Thanks for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that's better than us. My name's Joe, and I have with me Agent C and S, and they're going to share with you their real names. Corey. The podcast that don't mind pimp slapping the shiznit out of Andy Warhol. And sequel. The podcast... <laughs> <coughs> we got him. The podcast that's got to get high. Like, really, really high. I thought that was Haley Joe Osment really quick. Like, at first. And I was just like, that's not him. No. Haley Joe Osment now is like... Is big like that, though. Yeah. Yeah. This was only... Well, it was seven years ago. Anyway, not important. The seven years ago movie was Men in Black 3. But, you know, before we start talking about that, we saw other things. Sequel, what'd you see? I watched three movies and a television season this week. Was it The Sopranos? No, I finished season. The Sopranos. Okay, good. I watched the, the the latest season of Silicon Valley. Did it come out with a new one? Or New to me. Okay. I got HBO back, and I have HBO Go now, so the I... The first one without T.J. Miller? Yes. Okay. It was alright. Yeah, it's not as good. No. But now I've gone back and I've watched... They're quick episodes. I've they really them. are. And they're really funny. I'm almost at the end of season two now. And, like, uh, I just finished the one episode where he goes to the, the porn company to try to... So they'll, so they'll use his algorithm instead of the company that stole it. And um, he walks in on, like, a, a keynote speaker. And they have all these different porn website representatives. And they have these name tags, like, on front of them. And it's like teen fingering, like butthole blast. <laughs> <laughs> people in business who's listening to this. Uh, it was the first time I caught that. It was really funny. <laughs> nice. I don't think I noticed that. Yeah. It's fun watching things that we pick up on the uh, little nuances there. Um, the three movies. I watched Green Book, the okay. best picture winner from 2019. It's a good movie. It is. I liked it. It's, it's nice. Made, made my top ten. It's a nice story. Got a lot of backlash for winning, but, you know, it was fun. It really did. Um, I watched... I got sort of recommended two movies that I've seen before and that I own. I watched Forrest Gump and In the Heat of the Night. <laughs> nice. <laughs> love, Good love, choices. Love, love, love Forrest Gump. Have you ever seen In the Heat of the Night? You should watch it. Yeah, you like it a lot. Put it in the chat. <laughs> but yeah, you know, classic movies. Both Best Picture winners as well. And, uh... Yeah, that's pretty much my week. I think that you were inspired to watch those. Nah, yeah, definitely. Nice. I don't know what you guys are going to pick, and it happened to be two movies I own already, so... Perfect. Yeah. The stars aligned. The audience doesn't know the backstory, but... It's no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's not staying in, probably. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Corey, what did you watch? Uh, not a whole, whole lot. I watched The Italian Job, again, the remake, with Charlize and Mark Wahlberg. And I like that movie. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It's an underrated heist movie. It is, and I think it's underrated because the, um... I don't feel like we got Mark Wahlberg at his best. Like, I think in certain scenes, like, you can tell that he's just kind of phoning it, and he's like, ah, it's the Italian job, like, what, who cares this shit? Like, even Edward Norton's performance, like, Edward Norton is, like... The villain. He's the villain, but, like, you always know him as, like, the crazy, stupid method, gives amazing method performances, but, like, I feel like even he was, like... I'm not going to go method for this guy. That's ridiculous. Like, he even turns it off at some points. I'm like... <laughs> the movie itself, though, is, is... It's enjoyable. Any movie that's got a bunch of action and twists and turns and stuff is fun, so... Um, I watched one miniseries. Uh, I finally got around to watching The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Okay. Because they, they threw that up on Netflix. I've never seen that. Is that the 
Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm-hmm. Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, David Schwimmer yeah. plays Robert Kardashian. John Travolta plays uh, Bob Shapiro. And I don't know who plays Johnny Cochran. There's a bunch of people that are like, you know these guys from things. Like, you know these faces from things, but you can't. I can't put my finger on what they're from. The guy who plays the, co- the co-prosecutor, the co I, I can definitely see in a movie, and I can't put my finger on it. Can't help you. Yeah, it's fine. It was good. I, I found myself emailing, or I should say texting a bunch of my lawyer friends and being like, all right, so you actually had to like study this at some point. Are there any glaring errors or mistakes like in storytelling itself? It, overall, it was really, really good. The acting performances were stellar. The story, the twists and turns were really good. Like I said, I talked to a couple lawyer friends. They all were like, no, I mean, that's more or less what happened. Obviously, they took some artistic liberties with, like, the personal stuff. Like, you don't know exactly if that's how they felt or if they broke down like that or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, the actual law that they showed was all super accurate. And then I asked my friend shortly thereafter, I was like, based on this mountain of evidence, is there any possible way that OJ didn't do it? And his response, I swear to God, within 15 seconds was, oh no, OJ definitely didn't do it. It's like, but... Definitely didn't? Did not. Really? And I was like, but DNA and stuff. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know. I firmly believe that Furman fucked with that crime scene. And I was like, alright, fair enough. Uh, I've also been spending the last couple days watching the NCAA wrestling tournament. Which obviously is fun. It's a fun time of the year where the Bunch of big college tournaments. Most people are watching March Madness. I'm watching the other winter sport. It's a different kind of March Madness. It really is. I'm in a cool pool. Normally people do the bracket pool for the basketball. Yeah. I'm actually in like a box pool for it. And it's... Oh, cool. You get numbers, and it's the, those are your numbers for the final score of every game. I've, I've seen something like this recently. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I don't know what my numbers are. Let's find out. You should probably look them up. I remember... I, rem- I think I may have even done one of these last year. I felt really good about it. I was like, there are so many games, so like there are so many different possibilities for numbers, and yeah, it, it's surprisingly not the case. Like, like I like the brackets, but like your bracket gets busted so early on. Normally, at least for me, there's always one big upset that ruins it. But that's why you just pick all the upsets. That's how you make a bracket. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't ever do that. I think the hardest part about the brackets is like you know there's going to be a an upset or a couple of upsets. But then, even if you manage to somehow magically pick the upset, you still have to figure out when that upset is going to get eliminated, because it, it's never, like, the, like... It's always one of the 12s beats a 5. That happened. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yesterday. Like, yeah. When I make my bracket, I usually just put all four 12s over the 5, unless I'm really, really confident one of the 5s, because I'm like, one of these is going to happen. 10 of the last 12 years, a 12 is beat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get the 6, 7 bonus points. Like, the annoying thing is... Like, if you have, like, Duke winning. Like, eight other people in your pool have Duke winning. So it's tough to, like, figure, like, like all right, so I'm still alive. But, like, no, because 19 other people have the same Final Four as you. So really you're not alive because you did so bad in round two. So it's... The first time I did a pool was one of the years that, like, one of those small little Florida schools went on, like, a miracle run to the Sweet 16 and knocked out who I had winning the thing. So on the first night, I was, like, knocked out of the fucking pool. I was, like, I, I like... Crumpled up the paper, like, lit it on fire. I was like, I'm never doing this again. And they did it again the next year. I've been doing them every ever since. I've just been smarter and not done one. Because a lot of the a lot of these pools, they don't limit you to one, right? It's like, you could do two, three, four brackets if you wanted. 
Yeah, as long as you pay the entrance fee. Yeah, as long as you pay the entrance fee. Yeah, most people aren't privy to that. We had a guy in a in a pool do that last year. Had two sheets with two entrance fees. I'm like, that's allowed. <laughs> a lot of people were bad about it. You wind up winning the pool. I'm one and done. You did? I make a you did, here. yes. One and done. That's fair. But anyways, Joe, what have you been watching? I watched a couple of movies. Can't I can't wait to hear about it. Okay. I can't wait to tell you. I know one of them for certain. I don't think you do. I, well, actually, yeah, okay. Yeah, I definitely you do. do. Yes. <laughs> I guess I'll get that one out of the way. My Blu-ray for Into the Spider-Verse came, and yes. I immediately popped that in and watched it, and I can't say enough good things about that movie, so I'm not even going to try now. It's I just noticed so many things in that movie every time. Like, I noticed this time, he can't become Spider-Man until he knows he's not going to disappoint his dad. And, I, like, that broke me a little bit. I was like, oh, it's adorable. That's so, so good. Anyway, that movie's great. What I, what what watch are you on at, the, at this point? That was four. Jesus, three times in theaters. Three times in theaters. Once on Blu-ray. I haven't even watched the like alternate universe version yet, where there's more stuff. That's next. I already want to watch it again, but I'm trying to pace myself. Don't want to get burnt out. Watch no. it with the commentary. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna. Besides that, I watched two movies I hadn't. One movie I hadn't seen before. I watched Happy Death Day. What did you think? Oh, really? I enjoyed it. I already knew who the killer was because the trailer that I saw for the second one in theaters oh, yeah, reveals yeah. who the killer is or yeah. the person behind it. I was like, God damn it, why'd you do that? Because they just kind of assumed that either people yeah. have seen it or aren't going to see it so they don't give a shit if they spoil the first one. Did That's you? actually kind of yeah. lame, though, because if you're like, huh, it's really, happy yeah. death day too. Because it only came out like a year ago, you yeah. know? So, yeah. And no, I did not watch uh, it's Happy a, Death Day. Oh, it's a I bad like happy move. Death day. It's... I liked it. I mean, she's a terrible person for 95% of that movie. I don't know the actress's name. Excuse no one me. Does. But, like, I think she's going to be good. I think she's going to have a solid career. She might. She certainly, like, her performance is good enough in that. It's a sequel hot take right there. She's very good in it. And it's like, she's got a lot to do. It's not like an all-time great actress performance by any stretch, but I think there's something there. Yeah. A couple of them are good. They're all no names in that movie. Yeah. A couple of them are, you know, I could see getting cast in other things again. And then the other movie that I watched, I've seen before, but not in a long time, I watched Casablanca. Nice. Yes. Casablanca is a badass movie. It's really great. And Rick Blaine is, I don't want to say badass twice rapid fire, but he's a badass in that movie. And I love it. That's. I forgot how good of a movie that was. It, I haven't seen I mean, it since high school. It's such a good movie. But that's got to have two of the, like, the top three most quoted lines in movie history, right? Or reference lines in movie history? One of, well, one of them is one of those uh, common lines everybody gets wrong. Which one are we... Okay, which one is that? Play it against, uh, play it against Sam. He never, she never says play it against Sam. The actor uh, or the actor. Yeah. Okay. That's true. She doesn't. Uh, which which lines were you thinking of? Here's looking at you. Yeah. Kid. Yeah, he's looking at you, kid. And all the gin joints in all the world. Right, okay. Yeah. Not to mention... Oh, no, no, never mind. That's some, that's a different movie. Whew. What were we going to say? I don't know why, but I <laughs> I almost quoted Gone with the Wind as the third well, one. Well, that's what people... Frankly, Scarlet, I don't, I don't give a, a damn. damn. <laughs> yeah. That's the first curse word in motion picture history. Believe it or not. Damn. I believe it. Yeah. Good for you, Red Butler. Good and people you. want... Gone with the one in Casablanca together. 
could have them in their top three. I'm trying to think, there were a couple other really famous ones. Is though. so much better than Gone with the Wind. It's a lot shorter. They're both great. So I don't. Robbie I don't remember caring for Gone with the Wind that much. I haven't seen that one since high school either. Gone with the Wind is a is a trip. It's, <laughs> you got you got to put the time in. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, it's, you got you got to earn it. Gone with the Wind is a movie you got to earn. I, lo- I love Gone with the Wind. Casablanca is way more rewatchable for that reason. Oh, yeah. yeah. Casablanca's funny. Like, for a movie that was made in the 40s, like, a lot of jokes are, they're, they're the quick jokes, and yeah. they get you. They work. Any, are there any other really famous lines from Casablanca that we're missing? So I feel like there's other ones, too, in that movie. Well, it's this, uh, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, yep. that's, that's, that's a, a big really one. cliche line that I forgot was from Casablanca till the end of Casablanca. That's also is it the like, last line of Casablanca? Yes. It's the... They had a choice, too, of like whether or not Rick winds up with the girl or not. And it was like they kept it a secret from the actors until like the very end. Hmm. So, I wonder I wonder how it would have played if they went the other way. I don't know. Probably less good. Maybe. We'll never know. Yeah. We will never know. Revisionist history. So check out Casablanca if you get the chance, guys. Assuming you haven't yet. Or if you have. If it's been a while, you know, freshen up. And that is what we've been watching. Let's do our movie facts for Men in Black 3, which came out in 2012. It's also alternatively called MIB 3. I'm not really sure what the official title of it is. It's rated PG-13, and it's 1 hour and 46 minutes long. Directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. It stars Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, Josh Brolin, Jermaine Clement, Michael Stuhlbarg? I've spent enough time on this. Emma Thompson... Alice Eve, Mike Coulter, and Michael Chernis. Throw Bill Hader in there. He was in one scene. That's a good scene. I feel like half these other people are going to have only been in one scene, too. Alice Eve's in three scenes, in fairness. Yeah. <laughs> it was budgeted at $225 million, which seems high. That's really ridiculous. High. Yeah. So high. Well, that's probably mostly on the... Uh, Getting Will Smith to do it. That, that would be my guess. We will give you $100 million <laughs> if you reprise the role 10 years after the bad one. Spoilers for Man in Black 2. It's not great. Uh, and it ended up grossing $624 million. Most of that was worldwide because domestic it was $179 million. Oh, flopped, huh? Yeah. Financially, anyway. Financially, domestically, yeah. Not, not the best return. As far as how good the movie is, according to critics and audience, Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 68%, Ooh. which is that certified awkward range. Yeah. Yes, Corey. You can put your hand down. And... Sequel, how much did you say Will Smith was when you made that joke? Joe said $100 million. Million. Oh, it was you that said that. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what he got. Yeah. That's insane. That's Will Smith as Agent J in Men in Black 3, Will Smith's performance-based pay for the third Men in Black movie got him $100 million. All right, that's performance-based, so he probably got points for the movie. Sure, but even still, he made a hundred million dollars. But that okay, that's that's a lot. But that wouldn't have gone towards the budget. Okay, not all of it. Yeah, he got an incentive laden contract, just like uh, if Sean Connery did the Lord of the Rings movies, he would have made like an insane amount of money. But he didn't understand the role. No, he did not. So he decided to do *League of Extraordinary Gentlemen*, which you know turned out great. Uh, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes was a seventy percent. IMDb is 6.8 out of 10. Metacritic coming in at 58 with a user score of 6.9. Wow, that's like the most uh, cohesive it's very close score yeah. we've gotten. There's a consensus there amongst yeah. the people. That's it. That's all the movie facts I have for Men in Black 3. Let's give you our general thoughts, which as always are spoiler-free. 
And we first go to Corey. I didn't know what to expect going into this. I definitely did not watch this when it came out, or I have not seen it. I feel like I had maybe started to watch it or seen like a couple minutes of it and turned it off. But long story short, actually sitting down and watching this movie, impressively good. I did not have high expectations going into it. The second Men in Black movie was not that great, so I figured, how good could this one possibly be? This will be a spoiler. Much better. It's a good movie. I don't think that's a spoiler. That's not a spoiler. No, it's not really a spoiler. <laughs> uh, this, no, this movie is movie's really good. It's enjoyable. The The performances are as, as good as you can as can be expected out of a Men in Black movie. I mean, really, really fun movie to watch. Sequel. What do you think? I did not see this movie when it came out in theaters. I had no desire to. I caught like the second half of it on cable one day, and I was so like shocked, like it stuck with me, and like I kept watching it, and I was really surprised about uh, how good it was. And I've seen it about three or four times since. It is a really solid movie. Gets you in the feels. It's emotional. It's funny. Josh Brolin is excellent in it. Like you can picture that as a young Tommy Lee Jones. Really good. I like the little Easter eggs they have in there and a couple of scenes. And uh, yeah, I just have one major problem with it. But other than that, this is a really solid film. I've never seen this movie before, so I'm. I, Corey, you hadn't either, right? Nope. Or, nope. Yeah. We're, this is we're all virgins to MIB three. I don't remember anything that happens in Men in Black two. Like it's just been wiped from my memory. I think I got it, the DVD as a gift and I watched it one time and it's just out. But like, so I wasn't expecting a lot from this. And this movie's fine. It's not great, it's just fine. Like, Men in Black 1 is so much better than this movie. But that's my personal opinion. I, I think that personally, because Men in Black 2 is still in my mind, and is so much worse than Men in Black 1, this one is, like, almost on par with Men in, with the original Men in Black. Yeah, movie. that's a better lead. I like 3 better than 1. Not that's by a lot. That's crazy to me. That you're entitled. They're, yeah. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty close for me. It's a different kind of movie, I feel. We'll get into it. Sure. We I'm sure we'll have time. The acting, the acting's good. The casting of Josh Brolin as young Tommy Lee Jones is amazing. Brilliant, honestly. We're not going to get to spoilers and stuff like that, obviously, but just that's that's who I would cast. Like looking looking into the movie, it's perfect. It lines up great. Everybody else is fine. It's got Luke Cage in it as the Colonel. Son of a yeah. bitch! Yeah. That's where I know that guy from. <laughs> God damn it! And uh, that doesn't count as a spoiler. This no. is fine. Those are our general thoughts about Men in Black 3, so from here on out, we're going to be spoiling it. If you haven't seen Men in Black 3 and you'd like to, you know, not know what happens, this is your chance to stop listening. Otherwise, carry on, because we're going to, starting right now. Josh Brolin, uh, you said it briefly, but we might as well just get it out of the way now and go into it. I think he is literally the perfect casting for this. Yeah. And I don't know if they did some sort of CGI on his face to make him look... Younger, or if he just hasn't aged well the last well, this was seven years six ago. years, but he looked so much younger in this than he did in No Country for Old Men. He looks kind of old in this. Old he's, for twenty nine. Yeah, he's old for twenty nine. Yeah. He, he's got that weathered look to him, which makes him the perfect stand-in for young Tommy Lee Jones because yeah, he looks old as dirt in this movie. Which is one of the funnier jokes in this movie. Yeah. You know, okay, hundred eleven, hundred twelve years old. There were. A shitload of good opening line bets in the first like twenty minutes of this yeah. movie. There were a ton of them where I almost typed them. It was like, all right, hold on, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait a second. And then, yeah, so there were there were a lot of really good ones. But yeah, I 
that's not Josh Brolin's natural voice, right? Like, he had to, like, kind of... That's kind of what Josh Brolin sounds like. It, it, I know it is kind of, but I think he's, he used a touch of... He's a little more gravelly and southern to be, you know, to be, Tommy Lee Tommy Jones. Jones. To, be, to be K. To be K, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, no, he's acting. Yeah. He's doing a good oh, no, I know, yeah. but like, it, it's one of those things where, like, it's so close to what his natural voice is that I couldn't tell if he just sounds that much like Tommy Lee Jones... Or if you had to, like, do, like, a tweak. And I mean, it's probably a tweak. It's, 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 it's definitely a yeah. tweak. I'm yeah. just thinking now for Sicario, like, uh, they don't sound like that. Yeah. They sound like that, so. He doesn't even really sound like that as Thanos. No. Like, it's... Well, Thanos, he's definitely doing a voice, like, sounding deeper and... Is he? Yeah. I think he sounds kind of very similar in a lot of movies, and that's not a knock against his No, I think that's his voice. Most actors do. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. But what I mean is, like, when he uses... So when he busts out, like, the Tommy Lee Jones words, slick, sport, those type of words, they have, like, a twang, for lack of better terms, to them. Like, when Tommy Lee Jones says them, and Josh Brolin hits them. Yeah. Like, on, like, on point. My favorite is when he says, all right. All right. (laughs) Yeah. That's perfect. No, he's great. I love the story in this. I... Time travel, all right? We do a lot of time travel moves on the show, and we always say they never get it right. This is one of the better ones. They have rules. They stick to the rules, and I'm perfectly fine with everything. Mm-hmm. Every question that I had got answered at some point during the movie. I have one... I got one that kind of... that kind of Toes the line? Toes the line for me, but uh, but f- otherwise, I, you're, I agree 100%. Totally agree. What is it? Uh, the one at the end when he gets shot three times and, like, jumps. Like, I couldn't tell how he managed to just go back, like, the five minutes and... He sets, he sets it the, he sets there's, it. A, there's a time on the... Yeah, there's a t- I know that. It's just one of those things where it's like, I guess he can use it as much as he wants. It was... Yeah. 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 It, was, it was one of those things where... He Dr. Strange did. Yeah. Ultimately, that's exactly what he did. He Dr. Strange did. But I guess everything seemed like there were, like, bigger, grander consequences, which there usually are when it comes to time travel in general. So to use it for, like, a five-minute moment is, like... Man, you're risking, you're risking a lot here. I guess the neuralizer is the great equalizer for the um, greater consequences, right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, so I love the little one-liner that the uh, that like um, Buzz and um, Neil Armstrong have in the uh, in the rocket. If we call him. We're gonna scrape it. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> I thought that was fucking hysterical. Yeah, that was hysterical. Because they, like, abandoned comedy there in, like, a good, like, mid-end chunk, like, going into, like, the third act. I mean, it's the main action sequence. So yeah. It makes sense. It do- I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just simply saying that, like, you had you didn't have a joke for, like, about 15, 20 minutes up to that point, and then there's that, they dropped out, and I'm like, all right, now I'm back. My favorite line in the movie is the uh, owner of the time travel device. I was like, don't lose this, because if you lose this, you're going to get stuck in 1969. Not a great time for your people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> he was a he was a fun character. Yeah, I kind of wanted him to be out on the roof at the end. He said he had to come back and tell him in the end. Exactly. Well, I expected to see that, but I didn't. I'm okay with not seeing it, but I expected to. There's probably a deleted scene. Yeah, or... definitely. That means you were there. Now tell me about it when you get back. Yeah, it's good foreshadowing, too. Yeah. That's just kind of like a throwaway line. Because what does he what does he say that that prompts him to say that? He goes, "How do I? Why do I know that K was alive? Because it doesn't make sense for him to know why K was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody else does. So he had to be there at the time. Of, according to the movie, he had to be there at the time of the death to have that memory. 
in, in his cortex. Something weird. Then he has to drink chocolate milk. It made sense when I was watching it. <laughs> it's re- it's really stupid, like, the writing of that part. Like, wh- why? It's consistent, though. No, I mean, it is. Yeah. It's just like, is that, is that chocolate milk? Let me, can I... <laughs> Well, I, I have a sippy cup from look. <laughs> I guess that's to me. For me, that's always been one of the things that all of the Men in Black movies have done. Like these weird quirks that just seem like weird things always have some like grander meaning. The like sugar water in the first one, right? Did he? What did he ask you for? Sugar water? Do you know what type of class three alien only wants sugar water? You know, this one is temporal fluxes make you want chocolateized dairy products. I'm sure there's one in the second one that I just don't care to remember right now. I mean, all I know is they eat pie in the second one, but they eat pie all the time. Yeah, pie Will is like Smith, a... Will Smith's the, the one that takes his partners out for pie in the second one, too. It's not the Tommy Lee Jones thing. Oh, you're right, because that's when he gets rid of them. Yeah. But I think Tommy Lee Jones took him out for pie a bunch when he was training him. I, maybe at the end of the first one, but yeah. like again, just from what we see. And it's been true. 14 years, so they've gotten a lot of pie together. That's, that's right. why he knows what he wants. Instead of you fumbling with the menu for ten minutes and asking out the specials twice, I'm just going to order you what you always get. <laughs> what is it? Cherry with Slice a... of the apple pie with that nasty-ass cheddar. I love Griffin. I think Griffin's my favorite alien. Oh, Griffin's my favorite character in, the, in this in movie. In the Men in Black series. Oh, he is so good. He's so good. And it's like... So they, there's like a off-shot one-liner. I'm pretty sure Bill Hader, a.k.a. Andy Warhol, says it. About Griffin being like a fifth dimensional being or something like that. Yes. He's the one that explains what Griffin is or who Griffin is. So like for him to do like the fifth dimension, like seeing all of the possible timelines, like inter like secting like at every moment was so great. And like even like when things get messed up, he's like, Oh, I forgot about I forgot to think about that <laughs> as like um Boris like comes and grabs him. I was like, Oh dear. <laughs> Unless this is the one where Kate forgets to leave the tip. <laughs> and he just looks at him, almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that was close. This is my new favorite moment in human history. Could you imagine an entire race of Griffin, though? An entire race of doing that. Part of the planet, man. How do they exist and like do stuff? I don't know. Maybe they're just travelers and they just traveled and... Maybe. They're like gypsies. <laughs> From planet to planet. So, the the guy who owns a time travel device, Jeff, I think is what his name was. He's the son of the person that invented it, who was the guy that gets killed in the prison in the yep. opening scene. Yeah, for sure. He says... Oh, I'm lying. I'm sorry. Scratch that. Okay. Griffin says, right before they go in for the final sequence, as soon as he loses his arm, leave. Right. He doesn't. No, because he doesn't want him to stay and watch. That's that's it. He, he doesn't want his feelings. But I don't know what could have possibly been bad about it. Like the the best outcome for when they get back is him now knowing because he can have that conversation in the diner. Like I get what happened to you now. Like I thank you for doing what you did. Right. No, that's best for us and it is best for him. But Griffin is, can't stand to watch it himself, so he doesn't want K to watch uh, J to watch it. He can't stand to watch the dad dying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He it's doesn't, want, a, him, yeah, he he doesn't, doesn't want, want him to go through that. that. That's it. And that's the other thing. So, when he started being like, oh, I can't stand to watch this part or whatever it is, I was convinced, like, with the death for death thing, like, all of that, I was like, 
Oh, dude, I I had such a bad feeling that Jay wasn't making it back. No, that's what I thought too. I mean, when you initially watch it, it's, yeah, that's you're what just they like, lead you to believe. See, I never thought that. I can understand how you did, but just like I ne- never in my mind was like they're not killing Will Smith off in this. I mean, you're right. In the grand scheme of things, I think deep down I knew they weren't going to kill Will Smith off. But like, what a risk that would have been. Could you imagine Will Smith has to sacrifice himself against one of the Boris the animals? In order to give Kay the shot at the arm. I think I might have liked that better. And then it flashes forward and then like that No, it would have been great. Oh I, my god. I would have been I would have been on board with that. I like the ending that we got though. I, I do. Yeah. It's it's one of the rare times where they introduce a character in the third act that's meaningful. Which you're never supposed to do. But this time it kinda works. Because when you see him I'm like I I'm like, well, you don't think that's Will Smith's dad. You're like, who the heck is this guy? And then it, when you get that reveal, spoiler alert, but we're past that point. Yeah. When you get that reveal, it's so impactful. Sure. Uh, I think the timing might be a little fucked, though. I think it was. It felt really shoehorned in. Like, I'm the kind of person who absolutely is supposed to feel that moment. I didn't. Okay, I felt it. Hardcore. Okay, cool. I, I, I'm with... I'm a little more on the sequel side. Like, I, I ended up feeling it pretty hard. But... They did such a good job at keeping, like, the timelines all straight. I feel like that's the problem. Because Baby J comes out of that car at least five, right? Yes. So he's five in 1969. Yes. When does the first movie... When does the first Men in Black movie happen? 1997 is when it came out. So, 69 to 89. 89 to 99, 20. Five. 28. Like twenty, he's supposed to be like almost thirty in the first movie. He's like twenty eight. He's a New York City cop. I guess it's twenty eight something. He's a year younger than Josh Brolin is. Yeah, <laughs> which you know doesn't translate. I guess it, I guess it isn't. Wise. I guess it isn't as bad as I thought it was. I guess in the first one, I just assumed that he was like 20. eighteen. No, right out of high school, got his badge, started running around. But you're right. I guess mid to late twenties makes more sense for that. Okay. I redact my... He was already a, co- he was a cop on the force. That's what I mean. I, th- I figured he was a really hyper young cop, like, uh, early 20s, but I guess mid to late 20s makes just as much sense. It doesn't really matter that much. The part that gets me, it's it's the uh, Josh Brolin, like, oh, he, your, your dad had to do something super important, but he wanted me to watch his best pal. That gets me. And when Will Smith comes out of it, and he's standing on the ledge, and he does a lip quiver, that gets me also. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised it didn't get me. Like... For whatever reason, it didn't catch hold of me. Normally, I would expect you 100%. So now, my understand. Now, I guess I'm going to give my reading of that of what that means for everything else in the movie, and you guys tell me if you guys are on the same page with me. Okay. So that means that Kay has been secretly following and watching Jay's whole life. I would agree with that. Right? And if that's true, I don't like it. Secretly watch and keep keeping tabs, keeping That's, tabs yeah. at the very least, right? Sure. So to get him ready for the moment that he could induct him into the MIB to recruit him, yes, to recruit him. And the reason that he's so cold and harsh is because he knows the secret of why his dad was never around. That's what the movie is trying to convey to you. That, uh, that's what I'm saying. That's yes. what it is. When he's but, saying what happened to you, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. That's what happened to him. Yeah, that, so that is yes, the moment, though, yes, right? that's the moment. But is it is it Dad dying, or is it having needing to neuralize him? 
does he feel bad for having to he wipe that memorize? He Jay so many times in the first movie. I know, that, but that's... No, it's, I don't think that's at all what he feels bad about. I know, I, part of me was... I guess the question I was asking myself was, does he feel bad because he was technically the reason his dad died, or did he feel bad because he couldn't let himself give the kid the right to mourn? It's all-encompassing. You bring up an excellent point. And it's not... It's He doesn't give the kid a chance to mourn. He doesn't give the kid a memory... The kid's not going to remember who his dad is, what his dad looks like. Yeah. He's just going to know his dad was a hero. That's it. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Exactly. Right? Like, that's why... That's you. That's the I've seen some shit moment yeah. in a person's life, without a doubt. And that's why Kay gets so mad at the beginning, where he says, don't rank on your old man. <laughs> yeah. It all ties together. That was almost one of my opening line bets, too. The podcast where they just play a game, catch, throw it to the wall, and then bounce back. The bad guy. Boris the animal. Boris just the Boris. Animal. It's just Boris. I don't understand why he's so adamant about just being called Boris. Because well. you know, it's the it's animals themselves. Rude, I yeah. guess. Like, he's whatever. offended. I like the actor a lot. Min Clement. Clement. He is really funny in Dinner for Schmucks. Um, I remember he was in that. He's like the funniest guy in that, I feel. Very underrated performance. I don't I'm, know. I barely remember the movie, but... He, that's my biggest gripe of the movie, though. It's something with him. That so he's not good? I like him as a villain just fine. It, he's he's a villain because this movie needed a villain. He's not particularly interesting. Fine. I, I like his abilities, though. Okay. I, I think he's very... His vagina hands? Very, um... <sighs> vagina hand or otherwise, it was one of, like... The, for that to be one of the first things you see in this movie, it, like, creeped me out. I was like, oh, God, this was... It's unique. I, I like it. It's something yeah. I've never seen before. So that, that's why it worked for me. I liked his accent. I thought he was funny. The inconsistency of how he shoots those spears or whatever they are. That's that's my biggest gripe with this. Because he can shoot them fast, rapidly. It feels like he could kill as many people as he want really, really fast. And like when it comes to that final action sequence, like he could have killed Kay so many times and he just chose not to do it. After he kills Jay's dad, he has a perfect opportunity to just shoot Kay really fast. And he goes, arrest me. Like, what the hell? I don't. I guess they didn't have an answer for it, and they just said, "This is what we're doing. Screw it. We're going with it." But it's really inconsistent. That's like a villain thing. I mean, most villains in any movie probably have a gun in their hand and could just end it. But instead, they have to monologue or say something witty or catchy or. And then it, yeah, it's just classic villain fare. Sure, but this bothered me. Other than that, like, I didn't really have any major, major problems. Because even at the party, he's like firing left and right, and it's... And he, he shoots Jay three times up on that ledge, and... Until Jay turned back time, and just dodged right out of the way. Yeah, and even when... the pattern. Yeah, no, yes. no, I... I yeah. But even when he's him. fighting with Jay on top of that structure, he can just shoot him. He, he doesn't have to keep throwing him around like a ragdoll. It means nothing to him to kill this person. He just doesn't do it. And it's, like, obvious that he doesn't do it. And it's, uh... That's, that was tough to get over. That's fair, actually. But then there's no movie. True. There's no tension in this. It's like they kind of should have came up with, uh... He only kills people like that off-screen. Like a, like a device to... Not a device, or just, like, a defense to it. To, like, help them battle... I don't know. I mean, the other side of it, too, was uh, the only weapon... 
it appears to me that this guy can do a lot of different things with a lot of different parts of his body, yet the only weapon we ever actually see him use is the spike out of his hand. Like, he easily could, like, stomp on a person's, like, chest if they're, like, down on the ground and, like, claw out and, like, rip out a yeah. chunk of the chest cavity. You don't see anything like that happen. It looks like his face could eat things, like... Probably, well, again, that's, like, that's probably not what, what Boglodites, is that, is that the, uh, race? So, yeah. That's probably not what they look like. It's probably just, like, his human disguise. He's wearing an Edgar suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like him learning how to laugh, though. Yeah, that was funny. I like that part. It does with all Men of Black movies, this how badly disguised aliens are on Earth. Like, that guy in the bowling alley... <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, that one was especially bad. Weird face, with his, his head, yeah. <laughs> like his it, big body and his tiny bowling ball his, head. His little Goomba head. <laughs> yeah, little Goomba head. Very, um, very kingpin in uh, Spider Verse. Sort of weird shaped <laughs> body, oddly small head. I mean, it has normal head size. It's just body is massive. Still, still creates the same proportional confusion. Yeah, that's fair. My favorite Easter egg is when he gets pulled over. You see a poster for the uh, the, uh, the Coney Island Fair, and uh, in the middle is the incredible speaking pug. So that's Frank. Oh shit! <laughs> Did you notice he has a picture of him in his apartment? Yeah, that was weird. Who <laughs> has a picture? Of Jay him? has a giant painting of or a, pug? a giant picture of Frank the pug. Yeah, Frank yeah. the pug, just hanging on the wall. <laughs> Maybe it's a memorial because Frank the pug died. Possibly, I Maybe. don't know. I didn't know they were that tight. I guess things happen in 14 years. I'm going hanky with him. He was Jay's place. partner for a minute. Got to wear a that's, suit and everything. That's the it's second true. one? Yeah. yeah. That's why I don't remember it. <laughs> now that you say that, it's like coming back to me a little bit. I think one of the other things that, that... I didn't mind it. Like, I know why they did it the way that they did it. So it's not a complaint. But you never expect the men in black to be victims of, like, technology being older. You always assume that they are... Like, and, and they did. They still had advanced technology. Yeah, they are and they aren't. But they are and they aren't. Exactly. Like, they've got neuralizers, but they're either, like, a full room or... There's a battery pack. There's a battery pack on it. They've got jet packs, but they're, like, massive. And how did nobody notice them fucking landing at Cape Canaveral? That's also what I thought. I was like, how is no one seeing this right now? Oh, no. That's the one. That was the, only, that was the only moment I was like, all right, I'm going to call bullshit on this one. I should have been shot down. Yeah, they yeah. Were, that airspace was kind of heavily being monitored at the moment. Definitely. They also flew by the people that were sitting on the benches waiting for the launch to happen. I'm like, hello? <laughs> and why couldn't they just go into the atmosphere? It's literally interstellar customs. They have people landing on Earth daily. But they don't go into space yet. But they could. They should have been able to. They clearly had no... Creatures with the technology to get into space. Not all aliens that land here stay here forever. Some of them have to leave. Don't you take any one of them and... Just bring their own ships. Well, who? what's your question? Why couldn't who go into the atmosphere? Why did they need to go to Cape Canaveral and attach it to the Apollo spaceship? When they could have... There, there had to have been a flight leaving. And, all, and it seems like all they needed to do was get the Ark into the atmosphere. Well, also, it's the whole, like... Not that it didn't change stuff, but there's the butterfly effect argument that it needs to happen the way it already happened the first time. Yeah, I agree, but I, I, I the, my, my point still remains that even the first time, like, there should have been no reason for him to go to Cape Canaveral to throw it on the well, Apollo craft. chasing Boris. That's why he's in Cape Canaveral. Presumably the first time around, though, he would have... 
he got the Ark and went straight to Cape Canaveral because he needed to put it on the ship and Boris found him there. Maybe. I don't know. Time travel is weird. It's true. I thought you were saying why didn't they go into the atmosphere on the jetpacks? I was like, they probably because they can't breathe. Oh no, no, that would that would make sense, but like because they couldn't breathe. But even, even then, I mean, presumably the jetpacks may have been able to get the atmosphere. So why didn't they just attach to the top, hit the go button, and whoosh. I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, again, things have to happen the way they happen. He has to go down to Cape Canaveral because he has to run into the colonel, who has to yeah. end up getting killed. You have to, it advances the plot. You gotta yeah. get to where you gotta get to. I love how excited Griffin is to see the jetpacks. No, yeah. He's over there like a little kid. Oh, cool! <laughs> I love this part. And I, I love the baseball game, the uh, game five of the World Series. That's, uh, they got Shea Stadium, correct? With the open back and the paddling on the side. Fits the 60s. Mm-hmm. Only sequel notice is this. That's funny. I think big Matt fans would notice it as well. Like, if there's a movie about, like, that involves your team in it, you would think, like, okay. Oh, sure. Like, if, if they got Shea Stadium wrong, if they used City Field, people, people, there would have been articles about that. <laughs> I think that, like, we, we touched on it briefly with time travel, and time travel is always kind of wonky, and usually there's always, like, inconsistencies, and our big complaint is it's, it's going to make really hard to do well. It's really hard to do well, and they do it really well in this. And I think that they... They also briefly allow us to see a different style of time travel within the same realm with Griffin and the way that his brain works in the in that fifth dimension where he's seeing all of the possible outcomes and futures. So it's almost like a multiverse. Like he's doing like the multiverse thing, which is still technically could be time travel, butterfly effect wise. Sure. So to have him like have that moment where he's like, well... It's March and April and November and October all happening right now simultaneously and all the infinitesimal ways that things need to happen for this, like, and then to, like, explain, like, if this is the outcome where it's the weird bounce over third, then the Mets don't win this game. Or if that guy's parents don't go on the ship or don't have that extra glass of wine, it's a girl and not a guy. Like, I love that idea as far as, like, how the universe is functioning? No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Because when they did... He's like, the baseball is, is, has an imperfection because of this reason, and they zoom into it, and it's perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. It's perfect for his character. It fits the mold of the movie. That was a good scene. It's good. I love that. That's fair. It's not that much to get into. It's a pretty quick watch. The it, Bill Hader scene was really funny. Yeah. We should talk about that. Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol's Agent alien. W. I like finding out famous people. You say are he's alien. an alien? No, he's a he's an agent. No, he's, he's an agent. He's I'm an sorry. Agent. I like finding out that famous people are either aliens or agents yeah. in the Men in Black. Uh, Dennis Rob. I like the Michael end. Jackson. I like the end. I could be Agent N. Yeah, so good. <laughs> that's got to be the second one. Yes. Also, yep. That's uh, God. <laughs> I the Andy Warhol one. The end of that was amazing. Andy Yoko's here. Oh. God, Yoko. Uh, like, frustration. Like, tell her I'm filming this man eating a hamburger. Now the pickle. <laughs> and then, like, he was like, you have to fake my death. I can't do this anymore. I'll talk to X. I'll see what I can do. Right. Mr. Warhol, I just gotta say, I really love your work. Oh, another dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I've run out of ideas. I started painting soup cans and fruit. 
So good. We're following this uh, this this, this uh, rock band, Mick Jagger, a band called the Rolling Stones. He's like, yeah, rings a bell. <laughs> They've heard of him. Well, he doesn't know how long the Rolling Stones are going to be famous. Like, yeah, no, it fits. Hmm? It's a good joke, good bit. There's no fraternizing amongst agents. I'm pretty sure you guys fraternized once or twice. That was a cool moment too. Happy K, like talking about that moment that he had with O. This playing yeah. darts to the sun came up. It's really weird because like he has a wife in the timeline that's not her. That's not weird. That's it's, before he met his wife. No, I know I that, but it's just like no, no, no. He was going to, he was going, he was dating the wife when the first alien contact happened. So he had to disappear. Right. So then, in between, he has, oh. Oh, but then he's still spying on wife. I assume constantly. Well, I guess there's always the technology. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you don't see that. It's uh, a weird story point. It is. It's best not to think about. I hadn't thought about it until you brought it up. Honestly, (laughs) he's got two women in his life that he cares for, right? Mm. And he's trying to leave the life that he had to pursue his men in black life, and no guys need love. These are the only people you interact with, with uh, human people, anyway. Even tough, gruff K. Another great Will Smith line in this movie. The models? No. The, okay. The, <laughs> that one. No. I love that one. The okay? No, the one, uh... Oh. <laughs> that was hey, good. how do you know my name? Uh, this is what I call people. Hey, what up, K? Some people don't like it. Call all women oh? oh? I call all women Oh. So when I see a couple, it's like, okay... The one I was talking about was when um, they walk into the factory for the first time and he sees mm-hmm. all the models and he was like, yeah, all models are aliens. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> the hard way? <laughs> all right. I don't know if there's any other big moments we got to touch upon here. There's not a lot in this movie. No. Like, it's very straightforward. It's A to B, B to C, and yeah. next thing you know, the movie's over. So We can do a favorite, least favorite. Mm, stone, yeah, that's better. Sure. Favorite for me? Uh, pass. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> my favorite moment, it was going to be, it's like a tie between Jay getting pulled over by the cops. Fuck, uh, I was going to say that, that too. That's funny. And uh, just Jay and Kay getting pie in the diner. Okay. I just like that scene. They're like bonding for the first time ever that we get to see. I guess my top two, and it's 1A, 1B, is, again, Kay telling the story about, oh, and you see Kay happy, and yeah. it's like, you don't get that very often. Well, I mean... Ever. Yeah, it's the first time. <laughs> and it and it and it's and it's his theory about pie, right? It's the theory of the pie. Like once yeah. he once he's at that diner eating pie, he's no longer at work. He's allowed to just be another guy, even though he has a super secret crazy job. Yeah, even interacting with the other customers, where like they walk in and tough all being the a Mets, Mets suck. He's like, up oh, tough being a Mets fan. And that's the guy from The Sopranos, by the way. Oh shit, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that whole story with him. Like, yeah, we just you know we're at something called a pub. <laughs> And he goes, and we just played darts to the sun came up, and we both didn't want to leave. And he's just genuinely happy. Yeah. And then Kay, and then Jay's like, wow, what happened to you? And I really like that. That was a very well-written scene, and Josh Brolin's great in it. And then I love the ending. As soon as he offers um, the colonel a position, and the colonel says, I'll pass, and then once you realize that he is Jay's dad, that's why he passes because he doesn't want to leave behind his son. He doesn't want to leave behind his family. Yeah. that That's the entire reason. And He might also not want to deal with that alien shit. I think he does. I think he's very curious. Once he sees like how important Jay and Kai are going to like be for the universe, he's definitely like... 
interested. But he also sees that that Jason's son. I'm convinced Griffin shows him that the guy, the black guy standing in front of him, is is your son. Like sure. this is what your son grows up to be. Maybe I don't know because he said he showed him what he needed to see. I don't, but I don't know if he would show him that. I think he. I don't know. It's it's. I guess it's uh, up to the viewer to decide. If someone showed me, like, but wait, wait, there's, I, there's you know like, what? There's not a lot to let him know that he's not even concerned at the end. He's like, "Where's your partner?" He doesn't even like see. Like he's concerned that the other guy didn't come. Jay didn't come back. But like, if you knew that your son, what was your son? You're gonna break down and be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you're gonna be more upset. <laughs> unless, unless the ver- unless the multiverse image that he showed him was, "Hey, this is your son. He grows up to be this guy's partner. He came back in time, and as soon as this is over, he's gonna leave." So he doesn't think about it. And the reason that he showed him all he needs to know is because he knows that in 10 minutes he's going to die either way, and he now knows that his son is going to grow up to be a great man. And that's the what he needed to see. That'd be really deep. It would be. It's yeah. very plausible, too. I just, I just don't think there's enough of a human reaction out of him when his son is potentially missing or he knows he's going to die. Like, as much as you know that it's temporary, knowing that that's your son, and then be like, oh my god, he would have had some kind of like recognition moment. I would have seen it. This is true, but again, not not seeing what the colonel sees is it's ambiguous. Yeah. So it's it, it, it works. Could, yeah, it could be either one. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. I'll talk about the cops game pulled over because that was that was okay, cool. what I was thinking about for nice. mine the first time around. Um, obvious racism nonsense. The irony, of course, is that he actually did steal the car in this this scenario. Doesn't mean it's stolen. Okay, well, I did steal this, this one. one, but like the neur- even the neuralizer one. Whatever you do. Definitely don't push the button on the side and stare into the light thing. And then it pans back. He's got his sunglasses on. He's just shaking his head. I thought he get his sunglasses that a, on. That was a dumb cut. That was that's, <laughs> yeah. the, that's like it's not my worst, least favorite part of the movie. It's a dumb that's cut. A question I have is like that's a terrible editing job that they did because yeah. he didn't have them on when, when they put him on, right? No, and they were no. holding his arms. Yes. I think he also doesn't need to. He could just close his eyes, look down at the hood of the car, it's not going to neuralize him from behind. Yeah, it was... But the fact that they gave us a little fourth wall break and he just shakes his head... It was such a stupid, like, deal with it moment with the yeah. sunglasses. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Least favorites. Least favorite is what I said is my gripe. It's the inconsistency of him shooting those uh, spears. My least favorite is actually when him and him interact. Him and him interact. Boris and Boris. Mine too. Boris oh, and Boris interacting. It's a dumb scene. It also breaks damn near every rule of time travel. You never go and cross paths with yourself in the past. That is the only time travel rule, like blatant time travel rule that they broke. I let it go because that's it didn't seem to be a problem in this time travel universe. Okay, fine. But generally speaking, the rule is you don't go into yourself. Is that, I mean... You're also technically not supposed to be allowed to go back to a time where you existed. I mean, we see it in a bunch of time travel movies where people interact with themselves. I mean, that's like... That's Which one? Back to the Future. He doesn't interact with himself. Well, Biff does. Yeah, but look at the consequences. Doc does. When does Doc interact with himself? He's the one that gives him the tip about the, uh, the plug in the line and everything. Oh, that's right. He turns yeah. it back to him. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But you're not supposed to let him know. Like, this was just blatant. Like, they're just going to have a conversation about it. Again, yeah, but... But the whole point was to change the change the future, so I guess he didn't give a shit about that. We I guess, it, yeah, if you're... Stupid. But the arguing in this... The, the rest of the scene, regardless of regardless of the time travel sure. paradox, I just did not like that yeah, scene. I also just didn't like that scene. Don't need it. 
you were weak. You let your arm get shot off. I didn't let my arm get shot off. You let your arm get shot off. Clearly it doesn't work because I'm here. It's, uh, yeah, that interaction is pretty dumb. It's dumb. It's stupid. I kept thinking that the the little spider thing that jumped out of the jello cake yeah. uh, was going to like grow into a new arm. Like I thought that was the plan, was to regrow the arm. Because he like, opens his hand, the little thing pops out, and he like looks at it for a second, like sucks it back in. I thought it was going to be the arm. That never came to pass, obviously. That would have been cool. I think I would have liked that better. I never thought that was going to happen, but that would have been neat. Poor girl. She had to make out with that thing. And I guess... And then... And then die. You don't know her connection to him at all. They were probably like internet pen pals. I don't... Or not internet. He's probably not allowed on the internet. He's probably not allowed to write either. (laughs) Yeah, somehow he he has a special admirer on the outside that bring him... How did he get the, the... Did he just, like, leave the hand behind 40 years ago, waiting for this moment? I don't I don't know. We don't. We never know. That's the one the, that's... Uh, he left the bug behind, just like, in case I'm ever in prison. Maybe he can control that, or communicate with that thing. Telepathically, maybe he has a no bond idea. with it. He has a link with it. We'll, we'll say that, because it's the only thing that makes any sense. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Going back to your other point, I guess... You don't want to meet yourself if you go back in time. Unless you're, again, as you said, your plan is to change the future. Yeah, it doesn't right? really matter. Because Biff wanted to change the future. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And, and so Biff didn't cool exactly tell Biff that he was Biff. No, yeah, he was just like a crazy old man. Yeah. <laughs> this crazy old guy that you're not realizing now looks very... Whatever. Whatever, yeah. Biff. Biff was dumb anyways. He sure was. Stones? Stones. Yeah. Alright. How stones work. They go from one to six. They indicate how good or bad we thought the movie was. That's it. Now, what happens if I give it a six, Joe? You give it the maximum number of stones, but you have an option to give it an infinity gauntlet with those six stones. Okay, got it. At your discretion. Got it. I just wanted to make sure. You know, whatever you want. You can give a six without a gauntlet. You can. Good, yeah. But you can't give a gauntlet without the six. six. Correct. All squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Yes. Sure. Fact. Yeah, I think that's the right way you said it. Yeah, yep, nailed okay. it. Got it. Let's give our stone ratings to Man of Black Three sequel. I think it'll be the highest on this. I'm gonna give it five stones. I just really like it. It if it's on cable, I'm gonna probably stick with it through the end. Griffin's a great character. Josh Brolin does a great job. I really like the ending. It's uh, it's a surprising hit for me considering it's ten years after the second one and. They probably had no business making it. It's like 15... Oh, never mind. You said the second one. Yep. And, I don't know, I'm not exactly jazzed for the fourth one coming out. Like, I forgot it was a thing until today. To none of the... None of... I'm okay with Will Smith that. and Tyler Lee Jones aren't in it at all, right? Not I'm that sure we know someone's of. Someone's gonna have a Someone, cameo. Yeah, cameos, right? but we're, we're starting to follow a whole new group of MIB it's in, uh, it's in London. London, right? Yes. Yeah, so... Not a lot of cross-pollination there. We might get something. We might get a reference. Maybe a little. Oh, definitely gonna be a re- definitely gonna be a reference. Minimum. I'd be shocked if there wasn't. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with uh, five stones. Corey, I'm barely off. Uh, I, I don't want to quite give it a five. But there is no doubt in my mind. I'll watch this again. Uh, I'll probably do the same thing if I'm ever flipping around and it's on. I'll, I'll definitely stop and let it ride for a while. Uh, this can. This is gonna get four stones for me. Super enjoyable. Performances are great. This movie is fine. There's really not a lot to it. There's not a lot here for me. 
It's better than I remember two being. I remember two being very bad. This is fine. I don't personally don't think it holds a candle to Men of Black One. So we're going to do a nice little descending staircase here because I'm giving it three stones. And if I never see it again, I'm not really going to be disappointed. Pretty decent. And those are our scores for Men in Black Three. If you want to let us know how you feel about Men in Black 3, or the Men in Black series as a whole, or your thoughts about MIB International is coming out soon. We're going to be reviewing it in a couple weeks. You don't have a lot of time to get those in. Send in an email to us at zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. You can find us on Twitter. We're at zthpodcast. If you happen to have an alien ship land in your backyard, please take a picture of it and send it to us on Instagram. And then hide. At zthpodcast. They're going to be coming for you. Oh yeah, definitely, but... Just send it to us on Instagram first. This is like the E.T. race. They were cool. I meant the people trying to, you know... The government. Yeah, the government. government. Yeah. We're on Facebook, so get on the trusty old reliable internet and go to uh, facebook.com slash ZTH podcast. We're search for us on Facebook, uh, Zero's Talking Heroes. And you can find us on iTunes or your podcast app, and if you want to give us a five-star rating, that would be awesome. A review with that is also awesome, but optional and if you can't be bothered to do that or if you do either way really just tell people about it do the reverse of what you would do about aliens and tell people about the podcast and tell them to go listen thanks for tuning into this episode next time we're going to be doing death note the american version yes the one that's on netflix i feel like it's a netflix original it is okay until then it's my job to let you know that every movie out there is someone's favorite movie Men in Black 3 became that for someone back in 2012. Take care, everybody. Bye!